0: Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I am Hope. And today we are going to be talking about something that is pretty close to the hearts of a lot of women in our age group, Uh, something we see a lot on social media. We're going to talk about multi-level marketing companies. So first off, um, before we even get into talking about it, I want to say I don't want to shame anybody who has been involved or is involved in a multi-level marketing company. Uh, I don't, my problem is not with the people who are in, uh, my problem isn't with the distributors necessarily, unless they're doing horrible things. My problem is with the companies and the way they recruit their practices and that kind of stuff. Uh, So if you've sent me 15 messages about LuLaRoe, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm not blaming you. And I probably like just forgot about it and ignored it. So. Anyway, so I want is, to get that out of the way. No shaming. <laughs> just is though. Lula Rowe the leggings company, or am I thinking of
1: Lululemon?
0: Um, Rowe, I, I think, th- um, t- to be quite honest, and we'll talk more about them later, to be quite honest, I think they named their company to make it sound like Lululemon, but that's just <gasps> my own opinion. Uh, but they, they were very famous for leggings, and then they also have, like, skirts and tops mm. and stuff like that, but they're, like, the super soft, comfy clothing. Um, at least it was for a while, but... Anyway, no spoilers. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I also do want to say one other thing is that some of the sources that I used, actually quite a few of them, especially on YouTube, uh, have a term where they will refer to the representatives from MLMs as HunBots, which is because apparently... Uh, a lot of them call people hun all the time and will answer things or send you uh, messages that are kind of like robotic uh, and have, you know, basically form letters, uh, which makes sense if you're trying to recruit a lot of people. Uh, I don't like the term bot because I think it's dehumanizing and I just think it's rude to these people. Uh, So I am not going to use that term. But just so you know, if you go to the website, um, (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of videos up uh, that talk about like specific MLMs and MLM structures and that kind of thing. And some of those people do use the term HunBot. I don't support it, but they also have a lot of information in those videos. So I do need to share them because they were my sources. So moving on from there. What do just tell me your impression of mlms your experience of hearing about them where you've heard about them who you've heard about them from so
1: i i think i have a list and i'm not sure if all of them are mlms but i'm gonna assume that they are based on the structure of what was happening do you remember so i remember my mom holding a holiday party which was weird because we were not people who hosted holiday parties for not family Mm-hmm. And it was for Longaberger. Do you remember that? The like, high-end like mm. baskets that they used to sell. They were like, pretty Land's End, LL Beanie looking. They're like very expensive baskets. My mom held a party I for that. I don't think so. So that people could buy Longaberger. I don't know if that was an MLM thing, but I don't know if Longaberger is around anymore. Is Mary Kay an MLM too with the pink car that you can get, the Escalade? Mary
0: Kay is. Yeah, Mary okay. Kay is. I, the other one sounds like it probably is because that's a lot of these MLMs will have parties and stuff. Mary Kay absolutely is. Um yeah. they 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 have some better policies than other places, but they are still yeah, right. there's still that structure. So I knew
1: there was like ladies my mom's age doing that when I was growing up. But then when I got to college, I think I came in contact with two. One was pure romance, which <laughs> is one where everybody was trying to have a side hustle with pure romance. And I have some pheromones from there i don't know if you know about this but like it's just like a tube of like oil i guess and it's pheromones and apparently if you put it on it makes you smell like all the good parts of yourself is supposed to be like gonna attract people to you i still have the same bottle that i bought when i was 18 and i'm 28 now
0: so it (laughs) lasts for a really long time Also married so maybe yeah i don't really need it
1: I yeah, and also as I'm learning about consent and like not tricking people, it's like I this doesn't really work in a marriage.
0: So I didn't actually okay. I, I've heard of pure romance that wasn't one of the ones I dived into, but if it's like a lot of the other MLMs, I'm sure it doesn't actually work. So you know. I have no idea
1: um but i showed i showed it to my best friend and she was like this is the stuff our garden instructor was telling us about where a witch lady told them to put it on and they won't have to buy themselves a drink for the rest of the night and they were having a slow night where nobody was buying them drinks they put it on and that came true so i think my 18 year old brain was like huh, yes i am a witch now uh. <laughs> um the other one is sensi which is just yes. wax melters where and it's like warmers. not a candle but like the warmers which you can buy it like like the one I have in my room right now is from Bed Bath and Beyond. So like mm-hmm. And then I almost became part of one because I wanted to lose weight and somebody from high school was doing Beach Body.
0: Oh <gasps> terrible, oh my god.
1: <laughs> and I almost signed up for it, but I was too cheap. <laughs>
0: so I, that's I what my hated okay. me. <laughs> in so it's not gonna be this epi- episode but the next one i have my like counting down my like top five worst mlms beach Bodies yeah. number two <laughs> mm. uh and it's it's more about like i, I don't want to get into it right now because i'll get into it later <laughs> anyway but yeah and then so beach Bodies
1: bad i think the last one i'm not sure if this was an mlm but whenever there was a lady who came on a sale on lady washington and matt and i were just completely like enthralled by this lady who was telling us about essential oils and like all the stuff they can do and like all the stuff it can do for our body and we were like oh my god essential oils like she got us good was and we it went talk to you about doTERRA? it yes Young and woman? we went talk to what you about it and you're like this company has lawsuits for burning people's skin you should not be using this stuff and we were like oh <laughs> man dang it <laughs> But that's the yeah, problem that's... is I am so gullible when it comes to capitalism. It sh- it gets me so fast. And, like, I'll have to talk to Griffin and be like, no, you can't do that. Like, no, don't. That's no.
0: <laughs> well, and, and also these <sighs> companies often misrepresent their products. And since it's kind of like, since whoever signs up to buy can be suddenly become like an expert on whatever it is. Right. A lot of it is the blind leading the blind and, like, people telling each other assumptions. And then those, like, get run through a game of telephone and people are just like lying whether they know they are or not and I think some of them know but some of them don't or some of them are just like being really hopeful and they're suggesting that it can do all these things you know it it's, also uh, seems like yeah.
1: there's a heavy emphasis on how this is like for women like it's woman run and like the guise of like you can have your own side hustle and like be in charge of your own destiny and
0: blah 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 oh, and yeah. that's not really the case it's actually a bunch of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> uh, and that's something we'll get into later. And the really funny thing about that is like the essential oils I've seen a lot of women get into, uh, those companies were started by men. <laughs> a lot of MLMs were started by men and uh, are using women, which is, it's it's interesting. And it's not like men can't start MLM, or, or sorry, it's not like a man can't start a company and like have women working at the company, like that that would be totally fine. But the way they target women and specific groups of women is so insidious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll like, get when into I think it a little of, bit more later.
1: <laughs> like when I think of MLMs, I definitely think of like privileged white lady. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, did you watch Bo Burnham's Inside the Special? I have not. He has a whole song about a white woman's Instagram. It's such a read. It's so funny. Oh, that sounds. It's good. so funny. I would recommend watching Make Happy First. It's his last special. they did in 2016 when he was 25. He's only a year older than me.
0: Yeah, he's a youngin.
1: Yeah. So, and I think his first special came out in 2013, so he must have only been like 22 or 23. But, um... If you are actually bo burnham's just gonna be my shout out for the week if you had a hard time through quarantine if you have mental illness if you need to just feel seen from being inside for the past year definitely watch it it's very intense it's very funny i would highly recommend watching any of bo burnham's stuff especially inside i haven't stopped listening to the music since we watched it why did i bring that up i i'm not sure (laughs) oh but he has a song called white woman's instagram which is hilarious because mlms are i think of privileged white ladies that's why we came back yeah
0: that it's one of those things where like the mlms i think that most people involved in them like like the majority tend to not be the super privileged, but the ones you hear about the most are the privileged because those are the ones who are making all the money at it. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, it's an interesting thing, but it is it does seem like a lot of a lot of the white ladies are getting involved in it because uh, mm-hmm. we're apparently very susceptible. <laughs> uh, so I am going to. Before we uh, jump into kind of like defining MLMs, defining pyramid schemes, uh, I want to go into my experience, my first experience, because, you know, people have sent me lots of messages about, you know, Lularo, Sensi, all of that jazz. Uh, but my first experience was actually with a company called Vector Marketing. Uh, they mm-hmm. are the parent company of Cutco Knives. So... Anyway, so I when I was about 19, I responded to a job posting. I can't remember if I found it on the campus or if I got it on Craigslist or something, but it was definitely marketed towards college students um, and said things like, you know, flexible hours. And you can make $17 an hour. And I was like, well, holy mm-hmm. shit, that sounds... Awesome! <laughs> so I That's called seventeen dollars. I don't have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and of course, when you think about a job being like seventeen dollars an hour, you're like, oh, cool. So if I worked X number of hours per week, and then you start doing yep. the math, so yep. I was like, oh, that that sounds absolutely great. Like I, I don't understand how this is something that I can just immediately be trained for, but sure. Like let's let's go and and see what it's about. So I went to uh, this job interview, and I got there. And it was like a group interview, but it was it was just me and another guy. And we were like we were very different demographically. And I remember being like, it's very weird that we're both here for this. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm a college student. Like this guy, he, he was very well dressed, um, very well dressed Mexican man. But uh, but we were both there because we'd responded to this job posting that was very vague, didn't have a lot of information, didn't really say what you'd be doing.
1: Except for mm-hmm. working
0: for a marketing company. Uh, then I got there. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I'm already there. Uh, we're, we're sitting there. And basically, she just starts doing an infomercial for the knives. And we're looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? Like, are they trying <laughs> to sell us something? Like, what What did we walk into? Uh, and so th- so they're doing this. And then it turns out, like, okay, this is a job selling knives and so i'm like hi i wonder if this is at a store no no it's door-to-door selling of knives but it's marketed as a job no but that's not a job <laughs> and that's it being was a girl to me that i wouldn't have to buy the knives but i would have to give them a check for the amount of the knives you know just in case something happened and i was like well that's money i don't have that's why so i here. I don't here. know if that's a good idea. <laughs> and yeah. I, out, I was like, okay, I don't know. But then at the end of the interview, we both, you know, quote, got the job. And uh, then we were, you know, invited back to a training thing that was either the next day or a couple days later. Uh, and we, we went to this training, which um, I've heard other accounts where they have like a week of training. Like for me, it was literally it was a day. So I don't know if things have changed, but, but it was a day of training where you basically just have to memorize the spiel. And I memorized the whole thing. I was actually pretty good at faking it. Uh, they thought I was going to be going really far. Uh, but then they talked about, like, how you get clients. And I was like, Wait. So I have to go and sell this stuff to people that I know, like. I, and I told them like I don't think I know that many people who are going to be able to buy this. And they were like, "Well, I mean, we could probably like throw you one or two from you know this person or that person." And I'm like, "Wait, but then, but then how do I get more? Oh, it's their friends, and then you have to get them to give you the contact info for their friends." And the, oh my god! And, and it just goes on and on, and I'm like, but. At some point, you're just going to run out of people.
1: <laughs> but when do I get money for this <laughs> <Yeah>. job?
0: <laughs> exactly. And the whole $17 an hour thing, is because like if you look at it and you're like, well, wait, what does that mean? Because obviously it's a commission-based job. The $17 an hour is that you get paid one hour for one visit, um, which for me at the time, I'm like, well, I'm taking the bus, it's going to take me maybe like three hours, because I have to like, get mm-hmm. there and then get back, but I'm still only going to make $17. So you get to that mm-hmm. point, and I'm like, oh, that's much lower than minimum wage. Yeah. And if I don't make any money, even if I still get paid for that hour, it's still a waste of time. So I, I kind of did the math in my head. And I was like, this just this isn't going to be as good as like even a small part-time job for me because I just am not going to be mobile enough like I'm not going to be able to find enough people all that kind of stuff and and also I just didn't want to I wasn't interested in pushing products on people that they didn't ask for and I didn't realize that that was what the job was because that was not made clear in the job posting at all so I thought about it and I was like I don't know I don't know and then Magically, the other job that I had applied for, um, which I wasn't qualified for many jobs because I did a lot of volunteering in the summers when I was in teen when I was a teenager, which like they say that's a really good thing, but that also means like then you can't like get a job as a waitress in college because mm-hmm. everyone else has experience and you don't. Um <laughs> so like I had applied to be a house cleaner for a family and like they called me back and they were like, We'd love to give you the job. It's ten dollars an hour, it's 15 hours a week or 20 hours a week, whatever it was. Um, and I was like, perfect. Great. I Done. will walk away from this right now. And I walked back in and I was like, it's funny because I was holding the check that had the amount. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and this Goodbye. Like, 22-year-old, like, manager of, of the thing or whatever, uh, who's wearing a suit that's three sizes too big for him, is like, well, I'm very disappointed in you. I was like, okay, fuck, Tyler. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know what his name was, but I imagine something like Tyler. <laughs> no one <laughs> yeah. gives a fuck about your feelings. <laughs> you know what, Steve? Uh, yeah. So I, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm walking. i out, out. And I think, yeah, because of these reasons, I'm out. And I think that that was a much better decision uh, than the people that stayed. I don't actually – I didn't know any of them, so I don't know what happened. Uh, But if you look at a lot of the stories on YouTube and on other areas of the internet, you find that a lot of people kind of started out and were like, oh, I'm going to make so much money, and then it just immediately petered off and they were kind of stuck. Um, I'm – I'm a little bit concerned about a, a company that requires you to put down the, like, the deposit check for that stuff, because I'm wondering if some people ended up having those checks deposited and losing money, but I don't mm. really have evidence of that, so that's a big allegedly. Uh, but Allegedly. It's just, it, yeah, it, It's it seems very, very sketchy. I don't like the way that they recruited. They were not transparent. And I absolutely know that at least half of us would not have been in that room if they had been clear and honest about what they were doing.
1: Um, and if yeah. you're
0: a, a decent company that has decent products, you don't have to do that. Um, so anyway, so n- now I'm, uh, I'm a cook. I've worked for a long time as a cook. I've used a lot of knives. Um, <laughs> don't buy Cutco, OK? Yes, they will cut things, it, it's fine, uh, they'll do that. They're not actually, like they say that they're the sharpest knives on the market, which is, it's because it's because all of them have like a tiny bit of serration, is my, my understanding. And that means that you cannot sharpen them yourselves, you have to send them back to be sharpened. Um, oh and they do have a God. way that, that you can send them back, but so do other that's knife companies. So, that's so smart. Yeah, That's
1: so diabolical. Yeah.
0: Yeah, th- yeah, they make it so that you can't actually take care of your own tools, and other knife companies don't do that, so, like, why would you buy from the place that specifically made a product that you can't sharpen? Also, they're just not as good knives. Uh, they're stamped out instead of forged, uh, which means they're going to be weaker, they don't have as much heft to them, uh, and also their uh, their handles are made from something that they call thermoresin, which is just, like, plastic, basically. Uh, so... If you and you also if you look at their sets, uh, you can get a much better set from Wusthof of forge knives for usually significantly less money. So I'm not going to bring up all the facts and figures now, but like, <laughs> trust you me, know, guys.
1: Do you know I didn't know that you could just have sharp knives until I started going <laughs> on boats and like being with Griffin because we were at my parents' house and my parents always had dull knives, like we just never sharpened them because nobody knew how, and so. We were like cooking dinner and I come up and Griffin is like, I want to call it passive aggressively, but it was just aggressive aggressively, like sharpening knives. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, there are no sharp knives in this house. How do you live like this? And I was like, why do you think (laughs) I'm so bad at sharpening my knife on the boat? Like, I just don't think about it. Sorry. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Uh,
1: We were always (laughs) taught that a dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife. So there's always sharp knives. It
0: is. It is. And house. actually, okay, there's one more thing I want to point out about Cutco because just because I have like an Axe grind that's you know <laughs> over a decade old, uh but <laughs> uh, but another thing I wanted to say about Cutco is that in their in their demonstrations, when they show you, like, this is how strong these knives are, they're cutting things like leather and rope. But the thing is, if you put down force on a knife that's, like, not super sharp, you can still cut leather and rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're trying to cut, like, a tomato, you need to have a very sharp knife with a light touch. And that is something you're way more likely to be doing with your knives than cutting fucking leather and rope. So Tomato is the like, knife test. Yeah. It's like smoke and mirrors. Like why, why are they pulling out leather? They shouldn't be doing that. Okay. If a person is pulling out leather and rope to sell you knives, it's because the product probably isn't actually as good as they're saying, and they're trying to trick you. So whether they know it or not, I'm not saying that like everyone selling Cutco knives is terrible or anything. Okay. They only know what they've been told and the things that Cutco tells them are very misleading. So yeah. Anyway, that is my experience deciding not to get into an MLM. But I could see, I, I could see myself having maybe tried it if I didn't get that job. Um, it literally was just that, like they called me up that day, and I was like, "Absolutely, I will." <laughs> like, I'm in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's that. So, so now that we have kind of talked a little bit about some recognizable MLMs, I do want to talk about the difference between. Pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing. Uh, both of sure. them involve direct selling, but they are actually not the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that they are, and that's leading to a lot of misinformation. And it also, it kind of ends up tripping people up because every MLM is going to have an explanation about why they're not a pyramid scheme, and technically they're right, uh, which is fucked up legally, I think. But, you know, that's that's a technical term. Uh, <laughs> so... Both models include recruitment and direct sales, but MLMs will have physical products. Um, MLMs like have things like wax melts or leggings or pheromones or shakes or whatever it is <laughs> that they're selling to you to make your life better. Right. Uh, they, they will have a product. It doesn't necessarily mean that people are making the most of their money from the products, but theoretically... In an MLM, people should be able to make a profit just selling the product. Uh, that doesn't tend to be the, real- the reality for a lot of people, but that is the legal definition. Um, if a pyramid scheme, um, and this is all in layman's terms, okay, because I'm, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to be clear. A pyramid scheme is basically the same structure, but without a physical product. Or if they have a physical product, um, if it can be proven that it's a very, very tiny amount of their income that comes from that, then maybe they can be classified as a pyramid scheme. But generally it's things like self-help that sell classes that turn out to do nothing, you know, and then it ends up kind of, you know, being a bunch of people spending thousands, thousands of dollars for nothing. And there are actually a lot of people who are still operating this way and are still allowed to operate this way, which mystifies me, but yeah, yeah. So that's the major difference is MLMs have a physical product, pyramid schemes don't. That doesn't mean, in my opinion, that MLMs are okay. Right. I think that they should broaden the definition for pyramid scheme, because a lot of these MLMs should fit under it. Um, in fact, most MLMs that I have heard of. Yeah. So yeah, so if you go and, and find like, like you'll have websites that say like, like top 10 terrible pyramid schemes and Mary Kay is on there, it's because the person doesn't actually know what a pyramid scheme is. Um, Because Mary Kay isn't a pyramid scheme, they're an MLM. Mm. So anyway, so that's there. Um, Most MLMs, as I said before, will probably have an answer ready about why they're not a pyramid scheme. So if you are trying to talk to someone uh, and you're maybe like worried about them being involved, I would not personally start talking about pyramid schemes because that's probably something they've been trained to respond to.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, So. All right. So now we're going to talk about the reasons that I don't like MLMs and the reasons that a lot of people don't like MLMs. So the first thing we'll talk about is their recruitment strategies. Uh, So. What do you think is one of the biggest tools that people are using to recruit for MLMs?
1: Hey girl. Haven't talked to you in a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey hun. (laughs) Hey Thrash (laughs) Ecology. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Uh social media, social media messages inviting people to groups, that kind of stuff. Um this is something that that's pushed by a lot of MLMs. They'll have meetings where like they ex- they tell everyone, "Okay, get out your phones, invite 20 people like do, you know, Mm-hmm-hmm. do this, do that, etc." A lot of it is through social media, uh which is it's very frustrating for those of us who don't actually uh, want to talk about or be involved in an MLM because it means that people who maybe used to be friends or went to high school with are suddenly reaching out. And it's not actually because they want to talk to you. It's just because they want money from you um, yes. or they want to make money. So so that's pretty insidious uh, in itself. Uh, and then the companies the way that they prey on people is also pretty insidious because, like, they'll find people who not only are hard up for cash, but also people who maybe don't have as many friends as they want, uh, and they'll put it out as something that's like, hey, you can make friends doing this. Yeah. Which, ah, it's so fucked up. Um, the... All right. Um, and, and the reason for that I think that it's super fucked up is because a lot of these people that companies have found are looking for friendship and community as well as a way to contribute to the household tend to be mothers. Um, like stay-at-home mothers, religious stay-at-home mothers especially uh, tend to be, you know, in wants of community, that kind of stuff. There are a lot of Mormon women who are involved in MLMs um, to the point where Utah started having to make a lot of laws about MLMs. Oh my god. so many people were getting taken advantage of. Um, Young Living and doTERRA, the essential oil companies. um, doTERRA actually was started by some of the people who Branched off from Young Living, both of those uh, were founded by Mormons. Um, and just just so people know, like I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I have family who are Mormon. I don't, I'm not super against Mormonism in any way. But the way that these people are looking at Mormonism is that if they make a lot of money, they'll be rewarded for it in heaven. So they're not out there to empower women. They're trying to make a lot of money so that they get rewarded for it in heaven. Yeah, just. That's my understanding. And again, I don't think that all Mormons think that way. Um, I am not putting that on all Mormons. That's just how some of the people who are starting MLMs uh, tend to look at it and it's very unfortunate. So, yeah. so that's the thing. I, I, I don't like the fact that they are recruiting these people because it's some of the people who are gonna be more susceptible and people who might be a little bit more sheltered and wouldn't see the red flags. Um, people who might not have experience in business. I just I just keep
1: coming back to the word insidious. like it's just so rigged to take advantage of people who are looking to fill some kind of void.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah because they're not only selling a product to you and telling you you can sell that product, they're selling like a reality and a lifestyle and
1: selling a you know, reality. Oh my God, yeah, it's just that's exactly right.
0: It's, it's weird so all right then my second point um <laughs> about why mlms are bad uh most people don't make money um there's if there's anyone listening who is part of an mlm and you're thinking that that's not true i'm sorry but the statistics show that most people in mlms don't make money
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of the statistics don't necessarily agree but over like mlms in the u.s it's over 90 to 95% of people aren't making money and maybe actively losing money. So it's really only people at the top that are actually making money out of this, which it's not what they, they teach you will happen. But if you think about things like market saturation, it makes sense, um, yeah. which we'll talk more about later. Uh, so the most money in most MLMs can be made from recruitment. Uh, they have things called uplines and downlines. Uh, what that means is essentially, in most MLM companies, the best way to make money isn't just selling products. You have to also recruit people. Uh, they have their uplines and downlines. Your upline will be consisting of, like, the person who recruited you and then the person who recruited them, etc. up and up and mm, up. Uh, like a sorority.
1: And
0: yeah. And then your downline is the people that you recruit and the people they recruit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it seems like you're at the top of the pyramid, but you're not, you're like towards the bottom with other people who are towards the bottom generally, unless you get involved at the very beginning of an MLM. Uh, so that that's what uplines and downlines are, if that makes sense. Um, basically your upline is people making more money than you, your downline is people making less money than you. And everyone's losing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, most people are losing. Some people win, but most people lose. Uh, the, the people who make the most money are the ones who get in early and recruit a lot of people, uh, because they usually make a percentage of whatever the people below them make, which also Mm. means the people below them are starting out making less money. And it's going to be like, it seems like you're just going to get less and less the farther down you go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, yep. they, they, it's, it's not technically illegal, but again, if it can be proved that a company is making the most money off of recruitment and only a small portion off of the actual physical product, then that's when it enters pyramid scheme territory. Um, a I lot of these like... have been accused of being pyramid schemes, but many of them have been found to technically not be, even if they're not great.
1: I feel like so much of America is built on it's not technically illegal but yeah
0: it's the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law so it's like people wearing masks and then they put it over their mouth but not over their mouth and nose it's like I'm wearing a mask
1: letter of the law
0: (laughs) but not the spirit of the law Jesus
1: we need merch
0: (laughs) yeah anyway all right yeah so so that's yeah, that's kind of what that is. Is it, it, That's why I want the definition of pyramid scheme to be broadened, because there's too many companies that don't fall under it and should. So the next thing I want to talk about is market saturation. Uh, so I mentioned that earlier, but it's, it's basically one of the biggest concerns that a lot of people have about MLMs. Uh, especially if you if you notice like if an mlm comes into a small town and suddenly blows up like years ago it was scentsy in my hometown and i started like getting a bunch of messages from people i hadn't heard from in years and getting like (laughs) you know invitations to groups to go buy wax warmers and all this kinds of stuff and i was like i'm not interested but it was really interesting to me to see how many people were interested because it didn't I was like, this doesn't seem like a huge money-making thing, but they must be convinced Mm -hmm. that it is. Um, I'm not sure if that many people have made a lot of money off of Scentsy. I do know one person who I've known since I was a kid who has been saying she made a lot of money off of it. But that's the only person in my hometown who's been saying that (laughs) yeah Uh, at least in recent years so i'm kind of wondering i'm like was it only a couple people in town who made money and then everyone else got involved and lost money or what happened i don't know the Um, the worst if anyone wants to let me know please do you can reach out to me and talk to me about that
1: again this is from 10 years ago in my first like you know semester at college so everything was new and magical and it felt like i was at a perpetual sleepover but The stuff she had smelled so good. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. And it would, like, fill up a whole room. I don't know if it was just like, wow, look at this. I'd never seen, like, a wax melter before. She's the one who also introduced me to Pinterest. So, like, my life was changing very quickly.
0: Uh, Wax melters, I'm sure, are fine. But I... (sighs) You can buy them at stores. Like, you bought one at Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, it, it... it's kind of the crux of the issue for me is that a lot of these products are just available elsewhere and they're usually cheaper. Like I, yeah, it's a very odd thing, but, but yeah, so, so market saturation, if I, I don't think I quite defined it is it's effectively, if you reach a point where none of you can sell because everyone already has the product they want and there just aren't enough consumers to continue buying and supporting the number of people who are selling. Um, And that gets really, like, the the reason that a lot of MLMs get to that point, especially, like, in small towns and stuff like that, is because of the recruiting. If you want to make more money, you have to start recruiting people. But then if you recruit people, you're, A, (laughs) taking away a possible customer of yours, Mm -hmm. and B, creating your own competition. Um, But you have to do this in MLMs in order to make enough money to really make it worth it, uh, according to most of the people who I had heard any account from, uh, most of the research that I've done.
1: Can I say something about wax melters before we move on real quick? Sure. Speaking of wax melters and Pinterest, something that I saw is if you are sick, what you can do is get a wax melter and wax and melt Vicks into it. And that will, like disperse vix into your room and like clear up your nose and stuff interesting so, i for those I of would us,
0: definitely caution people to be a bit careful because menthol a little <laughs> bit goes a long way yeah but possibly yeah. yeah i mean
1: you can always dilute it with like water or another wax thing in there but yes
0: i suppose they wouldn't dilute it with water just because of wax like wax. Yeah, i and don't water. know how that works i don't know <laughs> coconut oil maybe probably yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but uh but, yeah that's, that's cool uh, so moving well, back fine. to MLMs, uh, <laughs> so the MLMs generally they're not giving you products to sell, um, and also uh, so I so I did talk about Vector um, wanting me to give them this check, et cetera, that they said they weren't going to cash, and hey, maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't have, but like I don't know, uh, but but that's actually not the norm. Usually the norm is that an MLM will make you buy the product and then resell it, uh, and sometimes they will have very specific uh, prices that you have to sell things at, which means that you know if you can't get that price for it, then you run the risk of them saying that you're you know doing the wrong thing by selling it for less or you just have a lot of product that you can't sell. So I mean, neat. Me. It, it, it's a thing like, like like yes, stores will buy inventory to resell but that's Mm -hmm. not what that is like like mlms are are not the same thing because if you have a store you have some kind of control over what you sell how much you sell it for whether you continue to buy from the same supplier etc etc you can't get just shut down because you didn't play by the rules or whatever yeah um anyway so so there's that (laughs) uh some companies will buy back products some won't some will make you jump through ridiculous hoops some will change the rules at the last minute or change them back it's very odd uh, so so like buyback is kind of something that even if you join a company that says they have a really good buyback policy just be aware that could change and you could end up saddled with a lot of product okay, okay. so um so I, I don't have like I don't have huge issues with the initial purchase that these companies require because, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. You you have to buy the product and sell it. And if they give it to you for free with the agreement that you will sell it, then, I mean, they're going to take on a lot more risk. And it's not really fair to ask the company to do that. And I completely understand that. Uh, so <laughs> what, I, what I do take issue with is that some of these companies will require people to continue buying Um, on a monthly basis and they'll have to buy a certain number of things or a certain amount or they'll have like an acronym that's like like a blah blah point and then you have to have like 200 blah blah points and how those are calculated is not always clear and sometimes it's very misleading Um, and we can talk more about that when I go into the specific ones uh, but I will give an example here about what I'm talking about about the initial investment plus the continued investment being a lot. Uh, LuLaRoe, uh, if you want to start selling Lularo, guess how much it costs? It's just, just going figure. <laughs> $5,000. <000. laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh my
1: God. No way.
0: Because, because you threw out what you thought was a big figure.
1: I did. I did. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. No. No. That's plane yeah. tickets, man! Like that's oh my god! For some
0: yeah. people, that's a car. It's five thousand dollars, and oh you get. It's, I mean, you get like it's like seventy pairs of leggings, seventy-eight of a dress, and, th- and there's like a couple, di- like a couple different dresses and shirts and skirts and things that you get a- of different styles, and then you get a big bulk order that has a lot of stuff to sell, so you can start and be like, these, "Look at all the stuff I have! These leggings like, can't be routine. that good." Uh, I don't know. I buy leggings at Target and they don't cost $25, which is how much Lululemon leggings cost. I buy like, leggings at like Marshalls and TJ Maxx. They're amazing and they're very yeah. cheap. And you don't like The thing is like if you're like like Lularoe isn't they I don't think that they're good enough to be charging that much and I think the only reason that they have to charge that much is because they're an MLM and they have to be mm-hmm. able to make profit for the the people, although a lot of them don't make profit, but like, honestly, like they're not a sustainable brand or anything. It's not like they're using, you know, like really nice fabrics. Like they're still just like, it's like stretchy polyester. Like it's, it's most other leggings are made of the same thing. So yeah, just, just go to TJ Maxx or Target or Marshalls or wherever and get yourself some leggings where you don't have to go to a party with people to go buy them. And you don't have to like, I, to be honest, I never wanted LuLaRoe because of the prints, because they're just too loud for me. I understand some people <laughs> like that, though, so I, I don't know. Anyway. How,
1: how much is it to ask for just a million pairs of plain black
0: leggings? <laughs> That's what I got on today. I do plain black leggings. That's dumb. I have plain black, on black leggings on today. Yeah. Yeah, I have some, um, some Savage Fenty leggings, which actually are, oh, I think they are more expensive than the...
1: These are uh, <laughs> hand-me-down Calvin Klein's from My Sister Faith. Because they got yeah, holes yeah, yeah. in the crotch. They're my home pants. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> when they get the holes in the crotch, they just become the home pants. <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah. So it cost $5,000 to start selling LuLaRoe, which blew my mind when I found out about it. Because I know so many people who've been involved in it. And I don't know if any of them had that money to spend. So I, I would be not at all surprised if most of the people I know who are selling LuLaRoe started out at a deficit,
1: like mm-hmm. had to buy
0: it on their credit card, oh my uh, which like it's, it's not great. And like, I understand not everyone has five grand and sometimes you do have to, you know, take out a loan to start a business, et cetera. But that's not what you're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we'll talk more about like whether you're starting a business and what that means later. But LuLaRoe is a great example of a company that requires you to keep buying when you probably won't have sold all of the stuff that you already have yet, you know. So you you get that $5,000 initial thing, and then every month you have to buy 33 pieces. Uh, So I suppose you could buy just the cheapest pieces. But what I looked up was the wholesale prices for LuLaRoe and the lowest wholesale price I could find. And I don't know what it's for because it wasn't. It wasn't an exhaustive list of everything, but it just said, like, they range from this much to this much. Um, The lowest price I could find was $8.50. So if you multiply that by 33, and and obviously you're not going to get all of the same cheap thing, but let's just say you did. Um, If you multiply that by 33, you're spending $280.50 per month then. And if you haven't sold off the stuff you've already bought, like you might end up spending like six, 7,000 before you're like making any of that back really. It's it's insane. Nope. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and of course, Nothing. what a lot of people experience with LuLaRoe is that it was great at first. And mm-hmm. then once the market got saturated, they couldn't sell their product anymore. Yep. Uh, and there were also lots of other issues with them, but we can save that for that next episode. All right. Because LuLaRoe is like amazingly horrible in so many ways. Uh, so if you, this is my next point, And I want to be very, I, I want to be nice about this. And I want to be kind, but I also don't want to be confusing. So okay. I'm going to be a little blunt. If you're making a lot of money at an MLM, that almost certainly means that other people are losing money. Like, It kind of doesn't happen any other way. (laughs) So there's people below you who've been promised that they will make money that are either losing money or just not making any money. And even if you're not seeing it now, you will eventually see it because that's how all of these companies work. So just, just understand that. And if you're sitting on a pile of cash from one of them, Maybe it's time to cut and run and, like, start a legit business. That's that's all I got to say. I'm not saying you need to, like, give your money back or whatever, distribute it to your downline. But, like, do understand that even if you're not intentionally trying to do something bad to these, like, friends and old high school acquaintances or whatever it is, you might have fucked up their lives by recruiting them. Um, And I I know that's really blunt, and it probably is hard to hear for someone who has been involved in it, but... It's a good thing to know.
1: Five grand could be a nest egg that you put away for, you know, making your own
0: company or going back to school or something. Or buying a house or like it's expensive to kind of have kids in this country, you know, put that aside. Yeah.
1: Or just something to help you also make money in a way that is beneficial and fulfilling to you without the detriment or exploitation of other people.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have $5,000, you can like put a nice down payment on a car that you can use for like Lyft, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's there's many ways where you can and I know Lyft isn't necessarily the best and Uber's not necessarily the best, but they're better than MLMs um, because, you know, you still will have potential to make money and you don't have to recruit people. Right. So, yeah. So and I. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Ultimately, what tends to happen uh, in MLM structures, particularly in a lot of the small towns, is that they people will recruit and recruit and recruit and recruit and recruit with abandon, and like try to try to sell products, but also try really hard to recruit a lot of people. And then eventually, there's no more customers left because they're all representatives. And
1: yeah, yep. then
0: it gets all messed up. So, so just keep that in mind. If you're in an MLM and you're having a good time. That's great. Maybe it is like the unicorn MLM that somehow is universally wanted and it's not going to reach saturation until every person on the planet is a rep. I don't know. But anyway, I'm only saying what I've seen as the trends for a lot of MLMs. So so now that we have like kind of an idea of how they function and all that, I do want to get back to that messaging uh, because we talked about stay at home moms being... And targeted, we talked about like religious communities with, you know, mothers who might be a little more sheltered, getting taken advantage of. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have people who like like when you were 18 and I was 19, um, you'll have young women who have been raised in a society where like they're told they can do anything. But you're also still dealing with sexism because it is still there, uh, <laughs> no matter what people say. Uh, and there are a lot of women who've experienced sexism and misogyny and like a lack of resources in a way that really puts them in a place to want to have control and that's a really i mean that's a decent thing that's a human thing everyone wants to have control of their own lives but if you're if you're sold an mlm and told you will have control of your own life and, you know, you'll be able to take trips and you'll make lots of money and you'll ma- make all your own decisions. It's not, it's just not true. Like, that's just not what happens to most people. Right. And if it did happen to you, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, the messaging is insidious. Um, it often takes on a tone of toxic positivity. Like, that's like the the whole hashtag boss babe is part of that. The Girl boss. Yeah, boss babe, girl boss, uh, and also <laughs> a lot of it? these MLMs will work in teams, and so you feel like you're part of, like, a sorority, even though now you're 35, you know? What, like, did, it's...
1: <laughs> what did Griffin say where he was, like, gaslight gatekeep girl boss? <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> gaslight gatekeep girl boss. I want that as, like, one of those little, like, office plaques, like, <laughs> for my
0: desk. <laughs> Oh this oh there's a YouTuber that I love who I'm gonna talk a little more about later. Um, her her name is uh well her, her screen name is Moon sure. Cat. It's uh, M U N E Cat. she's she's a, a an English girl who drinks beer and does documentaries about horrible MLMs and just horrible people. Ooh. And uh, she has some merch and one of the shirts says, Gaslight Me Daddy. <laughs> and it's, a, it, it, it's a direct reference to the uh, two-part multi-hour documentary that she put out on YouTube about Tony Robbins. Uh, we'll talk more about him later, but like, I really want that t-shirt. I think it's great.
1: I'm looking that up
0: so... right now because I want to send it to Griffin. <laughs> yeah, it's just a black shirt that says, Gaslight Me Daddy. <laughs> anyway so yeah so there's all of that messaging about boss babe girl boss etc all that kind of stuff um and in my opinion one of the worst things that mlms do is they tell people that they are business owners when they invest in these companies and that's no okay again i want to be kind but i also don't want to be confusing i want to be clear so i'm going to be blunt and i'm I'm really sorry if this offends anyone, and I really don't want to offend you guys. Here, real quick, because, real quick.
1: What? Brene Brown, St. Brene Brown, says, mm-hmm. Clear is kind, unclear is unkind. There you so go. So, if okay. you're being like clear, that. you are being kind.
0: <laughs> even if it might not feel like it. <laughs> okay, so, yes, just to be clear. Uh, starting a business is not... Okay, sorry. Just to be clear, if you get into an MLM, you're not starting your own business. We, we talked earlier about if you have a business, you have control over what you're selling, how much you're selling it for, whether or not you choose to buy more inventory from certain providers, all that kind of stuff. Like you can't get shut down by a company. If you are working, selling specifically one company's stuff and you have to abide by their rules of how much you have to sell per month and all that, you're just not a business owner. no. And I think that that's an important message to get across because people are being manipulated into believing they have more power than they do. And what that ends up happening, or sorry, what what that ends up pushing forward is the idea that if they're failing, that's also their fault. And Mm. it's not (laughs) because of things like market saturation and all of the things we've talked about before. So if you're in an MLM and you're not making money and you don't understand what's going on and people are telling you you're just not working hard enough, they're just being assholes because it is it is completely possible to work super hard in an MLM and not make enough money to break even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, and what I want to end this episode with Um, I know I haven't actually talked about many specific MLMs, but that's kind of for the part two of this. Uh, What I want to end with, and it's actually still (laughs) what the second half is going to be about, uh, is the people who tend to support MLMs. Um, I think that it is very, very telling some of the controversial figures you see telling people that MLMs are good. And if you kind of like look more into those figures, you might realize that this isn't backed by great people. Like mm-hmm. this is not a business model that a lot of, uh, very successful people are, hmm, wait, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that. This isn't a business model that business leaders are pushing forward. There's a specific like type of person and a niche that really pushes, uh, the MLMs. Um, and we're going to talk about three examples. Uh, one of them is in jail, another one I think should be, um, and the other one I just want to shut the fuck up, uh, but we're gonna, (laughs) we're gonna go from probably the least shitty to the most shitty, uh, and these are not the only people pushing for MLMs, they're just three examples I found of very prominent people who've been very active in the most, in the more recent past, uh, so they're people you might have heard of, hopefully, um mm-hmm. by, and by you, and not necessarily just you, but like the royal you. you know I get it. yeah. So uh, before we talk about those people, though, I do want to show you, oh no, I this is really annoying because I had a thing up and then all my tabs had to disappear to oh, update. No. But uh, I was going to show you a meme, but I think I'll just quote it now. But what it is um, is it's a meme of Bill Gates with the quote, if I would be given a chance to start all over again, I would choose network marketing. Not only is that just bad sentence structure, like if I would be given the, t- uh, um, that's, <laughs> it's sorry, I had to point that out. It's not good sentence structure. So, no. I mean, that should be your first clue that Bill Gates didn't say it. Um, Yeah, it's fake. <laughs> um, oh. It is fake. He did not say that. He has been quoted many times in many areas of apparently having said that. Uh, There is no evidence that he actually did. Um, If anyone can find me a video of him saying that, that is the only way that I am going to be convinced because I have not been able to find a video of him saying it. I have not been able to find a reputable source that isn't an MLM or direct selling website or like a Pinterest of someone who's involved in it who says this. Mm. So basically what it is is... I honestly believe it's just somebody made a meme knowingly like understanding that he didn't say that and then it just got shared a bunch because people share memes all the time without fact without fact checking them um yes it's something that in the last couple years i realized i have to start doing that because somebody like fact checked me and called me out on one and for me it just took one and i was like oh shit i gotta look up everything now (laughs) because i don't like looking stupid So, anyway, anybody can make a meme. So please, please fact check. Please try to find out if that information is actually valid. Because there's a lot of people out there who now think that Bill Gates supports their decision to be in an MLM. And no, he would not give you that advice. Okay, I I feel comfortable speaking for Bill Gates on this. (laughs) I really want to. If he wants to to contradict me, let me know. Yeah, and also like, Bill Gates has made a lot of money. Sure. But what's he doing with it? Well, what's he doing with it? And also he made a lot of money uh, a while ago. So he's not necessarily working in the same economy that we are because now he's Mm -hmm. making money off of the money he has, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to look at. You know, it's like (laughs) it's not it's not bad to look at businesses that are older, but you do have to understand that the economy changes. So what Bill Gates would say might not necessarily fly today Uh, anyway. So, all right. So now we're going to go over a couple of the people who love MLMs and tell people to get involved in MLMs and support them and kind of run their own companies sometimes like MLMs. So Rachel Hollis is someone I want to talk about first. Do you know that name? Wait, is this girl wash your face? Yes, this is girl wash your face. Okay,
1: I'm annoyed <laughs> just by her <laughs> book titles. <laughs> like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you look like a white lady who thinks she knows everything. <laughs> oh, also, trust don't tell me, me what to do.
0: <laughs> it oh, it gets worse. Oh, geez, yeah. So, <sighs> so she's yeah, she's a white lady who thinks she knows everything. Uh, just a little background on Rachel Hollis. Okay, first of all, I want to make one thing very clear. I am not against people leaving high school and going into the workforce. I'm not against that at all. But I think it's important to point out that that's what Rachel Hollis did, because Mm -hmm. later in her career, she started doing things that kind of amount to like coaching and business advice and like therapy like stuff Mm. that she is not qualified to do. She's really not qualified to advise anyone on stuff. All of the stuff in her books is... It's all her opinion. It's not based on fact. It's not based on actual understanding of psychology. She's like a bestseller too, right? Yes. She has three books that I think have all been bestsellers. I think. I don't know if the last one was. But yeah, I know the first one was. Anyway, so she's... Yeah, but, but but let's 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 uh, scoot back from "Girl Wash Your Face" because that didn't happen until t- 2018. Um, but so she actually she started she started a business earlier. I couldn't find out. She she did have like a party planning business at some point, which uh, I'm not I'm not downplaying. It's fine. Okay, she lived in L.A. Lots of people plan parties. Okay, it's fine to plan parties. It's fine to be a party planner. <laughs> I know a lot of us want to like shit on that, but I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that that's the important thing to shit on here. Uh, <laughs> so, so she she did that, and she would have you believe that she started that business uh, just by hard work and by being really good at stuff and by getting up early. Blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, what she doesn't want to mention is that her husband, uh, Dave Hollis, he was an executive at Disney. Ah. Um, Yes, <laughs> they met when she had a job at Miramax. Uh, they got married when she was pretty young. They and basically she's she's been kind of taken care of, you know, like she's she's always like had the money and resources for stuff, and he invested in her business. So what that means is she's not starting out with a deficit like a lot of small businesses do. She, she got a leg is up starting out without debt. Yeah, she has a leg up on that. So kids? it's very important to know that that's how she started out. Yes, they do have kids. Okay, and nannies. It's fine. Of course, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about that later. I have a video of her that I'm going to show you. That's going to just make you so oh, mad. No. It's going to be great. So in 2013, she launched she launched a uh, chic media, which is a lifestyle and content company. So basically, she's like, I want to do Goop, but more Christian so because because she does have kind of a christian edge to her she curses a lot but like she's still very uh popular in the christian i'm not a regular media, christian i'm a cool <laughs> christian yeah yeah effectively <laughs> so yeah so she launched chic media and oh and it actually like it did well i think like it did okay um then she propelled herself in the spotlight when she uh She actually, she posted this post where she has stretch marks and she's showing her body. uh, She's in a a bikini and she's just saying like, hey, stretch marks, you're fine. Own your body. This is how you got your kids. Like, don't, don't worry about it. And like, honestly, some, a message that's, that's actually like, if you divorce it from everything else about her and you just saw that post, you'd be like, yeah.
1: However, she's a small, petite, slender, blonde, white lady. (laughs) If someone else had posted that in 2013, it would not yeah. have not have had the same effect. 2021 yeah. is a change in climate. However, 2013 was much different.
0: Yeah, like if someone with like Lizzo's body type had posted that, um, like like a non this is pre Lizzo, body. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to imagine a pre Lizzo world, and I'm happy about that. I know. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so that's so 2018. She's she's putting up that that picture and just being like like hey. Like, like, I'm like, you guys, I have stretch marks, all this kind of stuff, and basically launched the relatability part of her brand, which is very, it's very important whether or not she wants to recognize that now. Okay, but she, yeah, anyway, (laughs) so, so then in 2018, she came out with her first uh, book, which was entitled Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, On the face of it, washing your face isn't, like, bad advice, but it is kind of a condescending book title. Um, Mm -hmm. From um, Insider.com, I found an article that says, Girl, Wash Your Face is a self-help book in which Rachel talks about, quote, real issues and, quote, the specific practical strategies that helped her move past them, according to the book's description on Amazon. It was published by a Christian imprint of HarperCollins, and, uh, yeah, and much of her fan base consists of religious Christians. So I I don't understand what these Christians are seeing in her, but they're seeing a lot in her. But anyway, so with these books, she started positioning herself – or sorry, with this book, she started positioning herself as a self-help expert. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: But as I said, no qualifications. Um, She has not studied any psychology. She – literally, like, you in grad school right now for therapy, even though you've, like – it's your – end of your first year, or is it the end of your first year?
1: Um, yeah, you, I'm I'm, co- yeah. I'm coming up on the end of my third semester, and I'm um, coming up on a year of starting, after starting grad school.
0: Okay, so, and, and you are so much more qualified to give advice <laughs> than Rachel Hollis is, <laughs> because you've actually studied something about yeah. people and, you know, psychology and therapy. So, yeah, Anyways, I'm looking so she's at her Instagram have, right now. Yeah, it's it's just it's so frustrating for me to see people who are just like, oh, "I'm a coach." Like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, like that's a word that means something. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so she doesn't actually have the qualifications to do this. Uh, It does look like she was also leading a fairly cushy life before all this happened. So I really don't think that she understands what it's like to not be privileged. I think she thinks she does. But anyway, Um, in 2018, her husband left his position at Disney to work for her newly rebranded company, which was changed from Chic Media to Hollisco. Um, Then basically them together, uh, they started hosting these Rise women's conferences with her at the helm. Um, It expanded. They started offering clothes, jewelry, a daily live stream. Um, The live stream was called Start Today and it featured her and her husband. Um, Their marriage started becoming an integral part of their brand, which Mm. really came to bite them in the ass later when they decided to get divorced. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so so she, I think recently she kind of revealed that she doesn't know that much about dating after she and her husband had given like lots and lots of advice about relationships. Or she said she didn't know anything about relationships. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> they, they only got lots divorced. And lots of relationship advice. They only got divorced in 2020. Yeah. Are, are they actually divorced? I knew they had announced it. I wasn't sure if they were actually divorced yet. I'm,
1: I'm looking at the announcement one right now. But it
0: looks like it was a
1: conscious uncoupling kind of divorce, not like a messy Well, it, one. it would
0: have to be because they both work at the company. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So she She then, uh, she releases her second book. So this is before they got divorced. She releases her second book, Girl, Stop Apologizing, in 2019. Um, like her first book, it became a big success. It was a New York Times bestseller. And honestly, I could see people wanting to buy that book. Saying, girl, stop apologizing, it's, it's giving you license to stop apologizing, which a lot of women feel like they have to do a lot. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I get it. I get why people would buy that. Um, yeah. But again, it doesn't have, um, and, I, and I haven't read it myself, but I've read many, many thorough book reviews and it just doesn't seem like it has any information that's actually helpful. Um, other than like common sense stuff that you already know. So that was kind of her peak in, you know, 2019 when she had published her second book. She was, you know, making a lot of money off of her company. Uh, marriage was still in existence. I don't know if it was great, but it was there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so, she, so she's got that, but then stuff starts going downhill. Uh, the The thing that first kind of pissed me off was that I heard that she would quote herself on her instagram which just to begin with is douchey um just to be like here's a quote and then rachel hollis it's like dude that's your instagram like what what are you doing <laughs> that you uh, and and what's even worse is that it turns out that they're not even her quotes um she was stealing them from self-help books uh and there's and there's articles where it been, it, all of this has been found so i guess okay oh she's allegedly stealing these quotes but like they're the same quotes it's like word for word except for like with one word changed uh, the, the worst one that I have found was she ripped off Maya Angelou's book title and Still I Rise by putting Still I Rise and then crediting herself. So she has since apologized for this stuff, but like, you know that that's not OK. So why did it happen in the first place? Like That doesn't make sense. And allegedly you don't do that to Maya Angelou. I don't care who yeah. you are. Uh, and, and allegedly Hollis Co. actually had their employees, they, like they had anti-racist training uh, there after that, but she didn't attend. Allegedly. <laughs> this is what I have <laughs> read. <sighs>
1: Hate everyone.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, so all of that is there. There's the, the plagiarism, the toxic positivity, all of this horrible stuff, stealing a quote from a very important woman of color. It's just so fucking disrespectful. Um, But then I want to go back to the whole relatability thing, okay, because that post of her with the stretch marks and stuff that, like, really propelled her to fame was her telling people, I'm like you, and, like, we're all imperfect, and that's fine, and everyone should celebrate their experiences and their body and their scars, etc. Uh, That seems like a really, really great message, (laughs) but it's... Not actually, apparently, how she feels because she then, okay, I'm going to send you a YouTube video. No, oh, no. Or not She's YouTube. She's a very, her... like,
1: conventionally
0: pretty white lady. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, okay. Come on. All right. I sent you a link. If you can just go there and watch the video. I don't know if I'm allowed to play the video on the podcast, so we'll just talk about it afterwards. Okay. You sent it over the chat. Uh, yeah, I sent it over the chat.
1: Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> Should see hopes. Ew. Ew, bitch, shut the fuck up. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Ew. So do you want to describe I that don't want to live
1: us? a life that's relatable because if I'm doing it something relatable, then I'm doing it wrong. Shut up oh, my God, I don't want to be relatable yeah. to you because I don't want to be a
0: douchebag. What a dick. Oh, my yeah. God. So, so she built okay. her whole platform on this, like, common sense, relatability, like, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. And now she's like, um, no, I don't have to be relatable because I worked so hard that I make so much money that I don't have to be relatable. It's like, okay. No, okay. you didn't make that much money because you work hard. You had investors.
1: You had money to begin with. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. My I okay. It's very hard to go to therapy school <laughs> because I have to I have to look at everybody as like everybody has obstacles. Nobody goes through life without challenges. Everybody's got problems. And what I'm hearing is insecurity. Mm-hmm. And somebody who doesn't understand that whenever you get to a point Where you're so far ahead in life, it's your responsibility to turn around and help bring others up with you. You don't Mm -hmm. want to be there by yourself. And part of that is living in America where everything's very individualistic and, you know, if you just work hard and follow your dreams, you can be whatever you want. That's not true. That's a myth. Yeah. And it,
0: it, it doesn't mean that working hard isn't a good thing. And it doesn't mean that that sh- shouldn't be the case, but it just isn't in reality.
1: And just the fact that like somebody comes to clean her house became this video of yeah. And what, what about it? Like, yeah, of course I do. I'm a privileged white lady. Why wouldn't I have somebody come clean my house? Ugh. Yeah. And, and there's nothing gross. wrong with
0: having a house cleaner, but to be like, I'm not trying to be relatable after you definitely built a whole brand on being relatable. Like you could take that as a, an opportunity to have a real conversation and be like, I understand my life isn't relatable now, but, you know, then you can talk about that and talk about, you know, the, the things that you, like, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like, and she if did you, talk about it, I guess, but it's just, it's shitty.
1: If you didn't want to be relatable, you wouldn't keep running your social media. Yeah. You would just, like, have a website where people can buy your stuff.
0: Yeah. that this would You wouldn't just, like, have
1: videos.
0: Yeah, so oh, right. and and also like they were doing things like like the daily videos with her and her husband. They were doing that to give advice to married couples or people who were getting married. They were trying to be relatable. Um she just doesn't want to admit it now because she's at a point of not being relatable and she doesn't want to she doesn't want to admit that her life has changed so much and how old is she? she? I don't know. Honestly, she's like oh uh, like maybe nearly 40 i don't know you're like uh, too old i mean like too old for this bullshit yeah um she's 38 yeah. oh my god i mean so she's she's like five years older than me and I, do and they preach the gospel of therapy decades behind um she okay she actually does tell people to go to therapy no but which does is, she go to therapy i see that's the thing it's like I think that I think that she does say that she goes to therapy or has been to therapy but you talk about going to therapy or putting in the work
1: there's attending therapy and there's going yeah. to therapy
0: yeah okay there you go yeah so I, I, I think that she has definitely attended therapy I don't know if she has really gone to therapy at least not that much or maybe she stopped putting the work in a while ago because she had all of the material things she wanted and that was fine I don't know Anyway, so that's so that's Rachel Hollis. Uh, And we'll stop talking about her. But I I wanted to to do that because she is really like girl boss to the nth degree um, and really illustrates the toxic positivity and the shittiness that is in this world. The lie about
1: pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not a thing. It does not exist. Stop telling people about it.
0: Well, don't go. Don't worry. It gets worse. Um, (laughs) because now we're going to talk about Tony Robbins. Okay. Tony Robbins is, okay, it is my personal (laughs) opinion. My personal opinion based off of accounts that I have read, videos that I have watched, uh, information that I have researched. It is my personal opinion that Tony Robbins should not be allowed to have his business and maybe should be in jail, honestly. Sure. Um, not, not necessarily because of the business, but because of some other things. Uh, so. Business practices, maybe. This is a different thing. <laughs> he's a dude. What do you think it is? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Tony, much like Rachel, has no qualifications to advise people on anything. He <laughs> says he says that he has given therapy and that he's trained therapists. Like, he literally uses the word therapy no, he doesn't have any, like, he he, he also does not have a, co- a college degree, which, again, is fine. I don't have a college degree because I dropped out, okay? Like, everybody <laughs> has their reasons for doing what they're doing. But you're not it's calling yourself fine. an anthropologist. Uh-huh, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling myself an anthropologist because I didn't get my degree in anthropology. I studied it <laughs> and it was fun. But, yeah, that's that thing. Um, <laughs> so Tony Robbins is not in any way, shape, or form a therapist. Um, in fact... Okay, I I would really recommend – I don't want to talk about him for too long because we're kind of getting to the point where we should be finishing up anyway. Um, And I have another person I want to talk about. But Tony Robbins – everybody go watch the videos that Mooncat did on him. I I know her name is silly, but she's an amazing researcher. (laughs) She did a really, really good job. Is this on YouTube? I'm, it's on YouTube and uh, and I will also... Um, oh, our podcast, actually, I, I decided that we're going to gonna be one of her Patreons, so we're giving her like a dollar uh, a month. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I am also going to post the, some of her videos on the website so that uh, people can just go and look at a bunch of videos about MLMs and the people who support them and that kind of stuff. Uh, she has just hours of information about him and she has videos from his seminars and this isn't just the videos of like the things people can do for free or whatever because they do have some free introductory stuff um this is the thing that people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to go to what happens at a lot of these events is that you'll have couples who have some kind of dispute that they want to like they they want him to intervene for some reason which like i I don't get but okay um yeah it's a very weird thing but generally they're heterosexual couples because I think the gays are too smart for him. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but his, his ideas about gender roles are gross. And whenever there's an issue between um, a relationship that is a man and a woman, guess whose fault it is. According to Tony. Yeah. It's always the woman's fault. Um, He also uses a lot of like cursing and shaming and just, horribly abusive, like like emotionally abusive techniques to, quote, help these people. It's disgusting. It sounds pretty so. similar to, like, Jerry Springer or Maury or shows like that. Yeah, kind of, except for you have to pay a lot into it. And then, uh, yeah, and then they say it'll change your life. And the thing is, a lot of the stuff that Tony Robbins... Like, if you actually break it down you take some of the stuff that he says that might be helpful... It's not mm-hmm. groundbreaking stuff. It's it's things that you can find in, oh, I don't know, real therapy. <laughs> like, you don't have to pay $5,000 a session for real therapy, okay? So just, like, take mm-hmm. that money and put it towards actually going to therapy, and it's going to be much better for you, and you'll have money left over. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, he's, he's really bad in all of that, and I honestly don't really – Need to get hugely into his business practices because, in addition to all that and mischaracterizing himself, he is also allegedly, and I'm using an allegedly here because I have to, he is allegedly a massive creep. Uh, in May of 2019, an invest- investigation by BuzzFeed News, and okay, I understand it's BuzzFeed News, but that doesn't mean that this stuff isn't true. It has been fact checked, okay? Um, this investigation detailed accusations against Robbins of his sexual harassment of fans and staff members, such as grouping fans at events, exposing his genitals to his assistants and sexually harassing fans at, as of that time, nine women had publicly accused Robbins of sexual misconduct. Uh, so, so some of this has been happening in more recent years. Um, there's, there's a story of him being at a summer camp uh, at some point and being sexually aggressive with a teenager in a way that she did not like um, to a point where she, it, it seemed from the story that I read that she felt like things would have gotten a lot worse if someone hadn't come along. Um, he, he is a very large, physically imposing man. Yeah. And that would be fucking terrifying if he did that to someone. So yeah. So anyway, so he's, he, he's he, looks, horrible. Like,
1: he looks like a cartoon <laughs> character.
0: Like his, he, his does, don't he does not look real. Yeah. Um, and I think he does have some sort of um, genetic. Uh, he has something in his genetics. I think that, that that does make him like larger than an average person. So he is like a very giant man. But I think that he uses his stature to seem mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the strong man who knows everything and like knows what's best for everyone. Like that kind of caricature, and people really buy into that. It's a he's um, a bully. He also, yeah, and he's a bully. He he curses a lot. He he which there's explains, nothing wrong with cursing no, okay i don't keep with bringing that he up curses, he, he curses at the people who are at yes his there's <laughs> like, there's
1: directed cursing there's yeah. being loud to be intimidating and there's a the way that you and i curse where it just comes up and we move on like we yeah. don't even acknowledge it
0: yeah, and that's, yeah, and and if, and I don't, yeah, cursing isn't necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but if you're promoting yourself as a therapist who's, like, qualified to do this kind of stuff, you shouldn't be cursing at people, okay? That's not what happens in therapy. So, yeah, he's, yeah, so, so Tony Robbins is someone who I personally believe uses abusive tactics um, and is allegedly a creep who has allegedly... Done sexually inappropriate things to. And he has a wife, pretty sure. Yeah, and he has a wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so yeah. So that's Tony Robbins. um His uh, his special on Netflix is called "I Am Not Your Guru," and you should listen to him. He is not your guru, so don't fucking watch it. Tony Robbins ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. He's not your guru, so just leave him alone. Don't give him any of your business, and yeah. So so that's Tony Robbins. Um, I think that, I okay, bleh, gross. Uh, so we're going to move on to someone who, believe it or not, is worse. Great, uh, yeah. So this is the last person we're going to talk about who was in big support of MLMs, and I say was because he's in jail now, so we don't know what's going on with him. Um, but uh, what have you heard about the Nexium cult? Oh my God! The one podcast
1: I listened to, the one lady loves learning about cults so she was taught is that the one it's always sexual abuse and like going into the woods and being weird so uh,
0: i don't know about going into the woods um th- this one was a cult where so, so it started out as like an executive success program like they call it esp but like uh it evolved into this uh <laughs> this group nexium which it's basically like a self-help group about like how to make your life better and make more money and improve everything about you, like that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like stuff that a searcher might be interested in finding and like, maybe they would find some value and, and there might be some kind of therapy technique in there. There's a lot of what's called NLP or neuro linguistic programming. Don't really have time to get into it, but it's kind of shady. Tony Robbins also does it. Uh, (laughs) so it's, it was a cult that ended up becoming very famous because women were branded, Uh, with a symbol that included his initials oh yes Um, this was okay the, the, the people who are still loyal which is a very small group um they they say oh there's a difference between getting a brand and being branded and i'm sure those people feel that way but all the other people feel like they were coerced and all the people who were getting branded were women oh my god so um anyway so yeah So this MLM enthusiast, Keith Raniere, uh, he looks like a mole. Um, (laughs) But he, uh, yeah, so he he started this cult after a career having already been in MLMs. Um, He was a part of Amway, which is like one of the older ones. It's more established. Um, They're still not great. Uh, (laughs) He then went on to create Consumers Byline, which was, I mean, it was supposed to be like to get basically to get a bunch of buying power together so you can buy things for cheaper is my understanding um mm-hmm. this was in the 90s uh so i don't i don't know a whole lot about it because like generally it's kind of a footnote and then people talk more about nexium but anyway so he was part of an mlm uh for that if you're interested in more of like the history of keith Raniere and like the horrible things that he did as part of the cult and the like all of that stuff. There are two documentaries that are both really good. There's one that's, I believe, nine parts called "The Vow." That's on HBO, and there's another one on Stars that is called "Seduced." I knew about "The uh, Vow."
1: That's the one I've heard about.
0: Yeah, there's. I, I've seen both of them. Um, they're they're different, and I think they both have things to offer. So I, I would just suggest that if you can, people should watch both of them if you're interested. So so anyway, um, so he. Yeah, he didn't become a cult leader overnight. He started somewhere. He had to, He decided to start with MLMs. He was, as I said, he's a part of Amway. He started Consumers Byline. In 1993, Consumers Byline was investigated because, they, because people believed it was a pyramid scheme. Uh, he never admitted that, but he shuttered the company three years later. Um, so it, it kind of looks like maybe it was. And <laughs> he just shut it in order to not be shut down. Oh my god! Um, so, but ultimately, his downfall was Nexium because he basically got to a point I think where he decided that he could just do anything uh, because that's kind of how cult leaders get—they get to a point mm-hmm. where they think they're untouchable. Um there's okay there's so much more information about this but i don't want this to become a nexium podcast we don't <laughs> want to do an episode about that uh but this is about mlm so let me go back to that uh i did want to find out information because i remembered hearing that there was an mlm component to nexium uh, and i was very interested in that and i was looking up Uh, articles and stuff and there was a bunch of articles that said oh it's a pyramid scheme it's an MLM all this kind of stuff but they didn't define what made it that and so I started getting confused about it and I was like wait is this was I misremembering this what's going on and I didn't have time to rewatch all the vows so I decided to message uh, the podcast a little bit culty um, because it is actually a a podcast by two former Nexium members Uh, Their names are Sarah Edmondson and Anthony Ames, um, although he's always called Nippy. It's his nickname. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so Sarah and Nippy, uh, they were two of like the bigger whistleblowers. Sarah ended up on the cover of the New York Times with her brand showing. Like, just to be like, hey, we're going to blow this up and show everyone what's going on. Because Nexium was a fairly small group. And so they weren't necessarily on the radar of a lot of the law enforcement. So they were trying to push the message forward. And um, it was them and Mark Vicente and his wife, Bonnie, were others. But basically, there's a small group of whistleblowers. And they were a part of that, particularly Sarah. Um, So I've texted or not text. I've messaged them twice. And they, they've they gotten back to me like really quickly both times. So thank you guys. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like a producer or something who's super on top of it, but, uh, but it's really nice to be able to do that because I was just like, I really need some information in layman's terms. And that's what they gave me. So here's what they said when I asked them about what was the MLM component. Uh, they said people could quote unquote, earn trainings with enrollment. For example, if they took a training and then enrolled three people within a certain time, they could earn their training back. Uh, Not many people were able to do this. And if they did, they were encouraged to use the money to go back towards future trainings. Uh, But they certainly had to enroll in order to get on the straight path. And the straight path is the thing that moves you up through Nexium. So it's basically, it's the thing like, like you want to be on that or otherwise, there's no reason to be there and pay for things uh, Mm -hmm. because you can't move forward. So that is the MLM component of theirs. And as you see, like with other MLMs, it often doesn't work out. Most people didn't make their money back. And in this case, because there's not a specific product, to me, it seems like it was actually a pyramid scheme. Although I don't know if he was technically accused of that. Because when you start branding people, like people stop caring about white collar crime as much. Uh, (laughs) Because yeah, Um, and, and, and it will be quite clear He did not physically brand people, but there is abundant evidence that he was the one who was in charge and was telling people that this was going to be happening. So, So, yeah. So go watch the documentaries. That's very interesting. But I just thought it was a really interesting thing that one of the most recent cult leaders that we've all been disgusted by was someone who is an enthusiast for MLMs. Like, that shouldn't make you feel... That good, right? <laughs> Doesn't make me feel that good. So, so those are our squad of the more recent heavy <laughs> heavy hitters who oh. preach the gospel of multi level marketing. We have a, a Karen who steals quotes from women of color, an alleged <laughs> sex predator, and a cult leader who is also a sexual predator who went to jail for his crimes. Oh my god! So, I I'm not saying that everybody who's involved in MLMs is A terrible person, okay? As I said, the people who have been recruited to sell the things, um, I, I, I don't blame you. I understand. I understand. But. But. The people at the top of these companies, they are not there to empower people. No matter what they say, they're not there to empower people. The way that they, like, have confusing literature that makes it hard to understand how much you need to spend and how much you might earn, that should be a red flag. And the fact that these companies are being pushed by people like Rachel Hollis, Tony Robbins, and Keith Raniere, like, that should all be a red flag if you're looking to get into something. Um, And just to bring it back, over 90% of people either don't make money or lose money in these companies. So... Just think about that the next time someone reaches out to you, or if you are currently in an MLM. Like, if you're not losing money right now, it's probably time to cut and run. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. just my opinion. So, All right. that's what I got. <laughs> do you have shout outs? <sighs> uh, do I have shout outs? Yes. Uh, so, Gen for Z this of episode, the Week. For the- oh, yeah. Oh, I do. Gen Z of the Week is. I'm sorry. I'm, I need to look her backups. up. So let me see. Oh, it's another Rachel, but it's a good Rachel this time. A not Karen Rachel. <laughs> yeah, it's a not Karen Rachel. Uh, let me see here. Okay. So uh, our Gen Z of the week is Rachel Chang. Uh, because it is graduation season, this mm-hmm. is another graduation speech that we'll be talking about. But yeah, Rachel Chang was, uh, yeah, she was the class salutatorian. And uh, she, similarly to Paxton Smith, who was our agency of last week, she gave uh, an impassioned speech that did not necessarily fit in with the traditional speech you might give at that time. Uh, she decided to talk about racism, um, specific racism that's being faced by a lot of her peers. Uh, She had a lot of support kind of at the beginning of the speech, but then she started getting booed when she referenced the conflict in, between Israel and Palestine Mm. there. She said she was mostly getting booed by Zionists and white supremacists. Um, If anyone doesn't know about the conflicts going on between Israel and Palestine, try to look at some balanced news about it and form your own opinions. I, I personally think that Palestine should be receiving support and that Israel is they're, they're violating uh, what they said they would do. Like a lot to unpack. They said they wouldn't bomb. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, But suffice it to say, I watched that speech and I was incredibly impressed to see a teenager stand up there and say all this stuff completely non-apologetically with people booing her at her own graduation. Uh, It is It is amazing. It is something that should be supported. And uh, particularly in this case, because she had a bunch of people flood her Instagram account with uh, reports and Instagram shut down her account because of this. Wow. It's Yeah, Instagram shut down her account. They later kind of backpedaled. Like, I don't know if they issued an apology, but they, they did backpedal and she now does have an account again. But yeah, she basically got like the the high school equivalent of doxed, Like, you know, it's, I, I don't think she necessarily yeah. had a job she could be fired from, but being kicked off a social media platform because you called out real racism is not mm-hmm. something that should be happening. Right. Okay, that's not something that happens in a free society. And right. she was not going against any Instagram gui- or guidelines, okay? Like, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, good for the you, The Rotten Tomatoes thing.
1: thing. It's the Rotten Tomatoes thing with Captain Marvel yeah. all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I have. They tried to
0: cancel her, but she will not be canceled.
1: I have two shout- Are you done with your shout-outs?
0: Uh, no. That, that, so, okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Sorry, that was Gen Z of the week. The, the shout-outs that I have, Um, I'm going to shout-out two YouTube channels. I already shouted out one multiple times, uh, which was Mooncat. She's the one who mm-hmm. has the Tony Robbins documentaries. Um, She's really great. Go watch her stuff. Also, there's another channel that's uh, it's called The Illuminati, and it's uh, – it's I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-U-G-H-T-I-I, I think. Um, like Naughty. Naughty, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, but that's, that user is named Blair. Uh, she doesn't actually show her face. It's like a cartoon, and she has a pyramid for a head. She talks about pyramid schemes. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, there's they're really well-produced videos that have a lot of information, and they are also very well-cited. Um, oh. Those... So, so actually what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be posting for this and for the next episode, I'm going to be posting a bunch of the videos that I used for this because the YouTubers out there are really getting on their game about like citing sources and being just really a wealth of information. Uh, And I found the Illuminati to be a really, really good source for that. So,
1: so yeah. Eugene, Eugene from the Try Guys released an anti-Asian hate documentary on YouTube. It's like an hour long.
0: Oh, I think I did see that.
1: Yeah. Nice um i've do- well i'm gonna shout out eugene i guess again and then bo burnham <laughs> and then also today's june 20th so shout out to all the dads out there i shout have a dad and a father-in-law dads. shout out to the dads and also on this day year of our lord 2021 my sister mr jim business is six years sober beep, 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 Yay! yeah she did it I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but we stand sobriety of
0: this on this podcast. We do. We do. We stand sobriety. We stand people being healthy and happy and living lives that are good for them. Yes. So, so good so, job, uh, yeah, Mr. Jim Business.
1: You did it. <laughs> good job. <laughs>
0: that's not actually her given name. No. That's her, that's her Etsy business name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and we haven't shouted out into. Yeah. Go buy dicks oh, for good for her yeah. sobriety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I... And, uh, and dicks for good stickers, uh, whenever you purchase them, not only are you getting like a, a funny sticker that's a character in the form of a penis, but you will also either be donating to a specific charity or for some you get to pick. So, mm-hmm. so just real quick
1: in my group work class we have to do icebreakers like everybody has to do an icebreaker at least once through class so we had to find the weirdest thing in our rooms like in the rooms that we were in so i pulled down my ballerina dick picture that i have and then i they're like where can we buy these so i got to promote dicks for good in class and i told faith about it she goes oh my god i just got a new favorite on the shop thank you so much (laughs) so
0: yeah oh that's so cool i i have mine i have a bunch of the stickers on the back of my or on the top of my computer (laughs) which means i should probably find a sleeve for like the next time i travel so that people aren't like
1: well whatever who cares it's going to charity
0: it's a good thing (laughs) it is well i think we're about wrapped up uh yeah all right so i am rosie and facts matter and MLS. i'm hope (laughs) yeah I'm Hope, and now
1: that you know better, be better.